Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another illuminating episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and hopefully need. Today, we are talking about Cisco validated as a framework. In particular, you are going to get a bit of a behind the scenes look at how Cisco is doubling down on interoperability and quality. In other words, we are going to discuss how Cisco is going to make your job as an engineer easier. If this is in any way of interest to you, I encourage you to stick around for the next half hour or so as we dive into the details. All right, let's get to meet our cast. Dan, we are going to start with you. Tell us about who you are and what you do. Very happy to. Thanks for having me, Amy Lee. I'm Dan Sheldon. I'm a principal systems engineer with Worldwide Technology. Uh, been here for about five years, been in the industry about 20, um, focused on network and security solutions across pretty much everything uh, software-defined. So very happy to be here. Excellent. Liam, you're up next. What do you do? Hello, hello. Uh, my name is Liam Keegan. I am a solutions architect and the president of 24-7 Networks, a Cisco bar based out of Denver, Colorado. I'm a longtime CCIE. And I wind up doing a lot of pre and post sales on sort of most of the Cisco portfolio route switch security enterprise networking. I'm really excited for this episode because the the CVDs have gotten my ass out of a jam a couple of times. So I'm excited to talk about them. Excellent. All right, Paul, tell us about yourself. Yeah, Paul Campbell, uh, CEO and founder of Corversal, a Cisco partner. Uh, I've been doing tech for the past 20 years, uh, a lot of Cisco. And I have uh, equally had uh, CVDs uh, carry me across the finish line, uh, similar to Liam. All right, Andre, welcome back to the podcast. Um, can you tell us more about who you are and what you do here at Cisco? You got it. I'm Andre Laurent. I've been with Cisco for, I'd say, over 12 years. And uh, most of that career was in sales, uh, working as an engineer, whether that was as a generalist SE or a, a technical solutions architect. I've been leading in Cisco for the last, uh, say, six years and I've recently transitioned actually to the BE. So I'm working within the business group, um, not in sales, uh, and focusing on a lot of operation stuff. And uh, fundamentally, it goes back to what uh, you were mentioning as part of the intro. Uh, interoperability and quality is a big deal for Cisco. And uh, we're looking to make a huge dent there and continue to add and enhance to what, what it is that's already happening. So looking forward to diving in with the team. I'm going to get like way behind the curtains with you. So... You know, most of this stuff never kind of leaves uh, closed doors, but uh, I'm hoping that uh, I can provide some insights into what's going on. So I had a quick question, Andre, just as a framing. Um, you know, we talk, we're talking about Cisco validated, right? Uh, and most of us, especially on the engineering side, should be familiar with Cisco validated designs, which are kind of the, the uh, really low level uh, framework that goes into the deployment design of, of new um, Cisco platforms. So how is Cisco validated different from validated designs? That's a great. That's a great call out. Um, yeah, essentially, you, you'd heard what was mentioned about a, a framework, uh, and then when we think of Cisco validated designs, I mean, look, I use those things day in and day out when I was in delivery engineering. I used them in systems engineering when I was consulting with customers in terms of best practices and how to deploy things. I've used them for my studies, whether that's CCIE or CCDE. I mean, I use those things extensively. That's a deliverable. It's a tool. It's a value. It, it provides value. To, uh, to multiple folks that are responsible for design, implementation, and those kinds of things. It's an example of a tool. What we're focusing on is building off of that brand, taking the best uh, of, of what, what goes into developing a Cisco validated design 
and creating a framework in the company so that we can deliver more value. And not just in that one way, in terms of giving you a document, but also in, in, the, in the sense that um, we can create multiple types of tools. And we can explore those together on the call, you know, anything that would create value for you, essentially. So, so maybe you can just walk us through a little bit. Like, let's say there's a, a, a newer technology, right? Maybe something like SD-WAN, you know, the Viptela acquisition, SD-WAN. Sort of what goes in, where do you guys start with this, being able to, like, get this body of work out the door? And where, how do you approach it? Yeah, thanks for that question, Liam. Traditionally in, in Cisco, one, will get that acquisition like that will happen. We'll start understanding, you know, what, what are all of the capabilities associated with the, with the solution itself. Um, it gets more complex now, even where we start having integrations, because we come back to integration and inter you know, interoperability and those kinds of things. So today, when we think of uh, SD-WAN, we don't just think of SD-WAN with Vitella. We think of secure SD-WAN and we think of SASE. And that's a buzzword that gets thrown around in the industry. But but in a nutshell, you start combining different products together. It's not just the Viptela SD-WAN. Now, all of a sudden, it's Viptela SD-WAN with Umbrella, with Duo, and with AnyConnect. And oh, by the way, with Thousand Eyes for observability. And StealthWatch. And, 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 and ICE. Can, and, 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 and Yeah. And so, and so there needs to be some boundary in terms of how we, you know, how we separate things, like, you know, wh whether it's within the infrastructure, like in the campus, and transforming the infrastructure with zero trust or whether it's you know with, within the WAN space. But we look at something like that and essentially it comes back to defining capabilities. So the first thing I'll, I'll call out is if I gave you, let me ask a question back and then I'll answer the question more specifically. But if, if I gave you a reference architecture, like a, a pretty picture and it had some diagrams and maybe it had a little bit more granular detail on it. Maybe there was a logical diagram along with like a high level diagram, or maybe some physical cabling diagrams. I gave that to you and I gave you some high level use cases. And I threw out some feature names like Trussec uh, or, you know, other, other types of language that may be this more Cisco centric. And I said, tell me about this solution. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it does? Do you know how it works? What would you Depends say? on how good of a diagrammer you are, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be well, like, but you immediately kind of go into like guessing mode, right? What is it going to actually be? What should the end state be, right? What is, what you're, you're trying to read between the lines between what, the architecture has come out, or the architect, like the vendor architecture has come out with, and then like what the client is asking for, right? I mean, and then it's like, as a VAR, that's all we spend our time doing is like sniffing that out. And that takes a lot of time. And I'm sure, and it, impact, and it impacts your ability to understand like whether or not you're going to be able to build a profitable um, services practice around this and a successful one where you're, you know, you're delighting your customers. So it's like you're looking at the front of a Lego box, essentially, and you're going, that's a really pretty picture and I want to get to that. And when you open up the box, you're like, where's my Cisco validated design? I need the instruction manual for this thing. But I think there's more than that. It's, we need to be able to be somewhat creative with those, with, with those pieces to build you know, different, different types of pictures that align to the picture on the front of the box, but that are unique to each of our customers. So essentially, what does that mean? It means we, our starting point is really getting to like a technical solution clarity. Like it's not just what's the feature and what's the picture and what are the use cases. It's what specific capability am I implementing? Like let's get really granular in terms of defining the technical capabilities. If this is gonna, if this is about deploying a flexible WAN architecture, then you know what do I mean by that? Does that mean I'm going to be able to choose from different types of deployment models in terms of topology, where it's hub and spoke versus full mesh, and is it going to be different depending on the types of traffic and you know, how do I onboard devices and what are the ways that I want to do that? What abilities am I providing? 
What are the technical results I can expect? It comes back to, you know, we focus a lot on the business impact and it's important. We need to ground ourselves there because as a CIO or um, I think a CIO's new gig is like the chief innovation officer instead of the information officer. They should be innovating on behalf of the business. But the delivery engineering, I mean, design engineering, the architects, the ground floor, we need to figure out how to make this possible. How does it really do what we, what we think it can do? So it comes back to that piece is, is what's different right now. We'll take a solution like Secure SD-WAN, Cisco SD-WAN, we'll think what, what does it need to integrate with? Um, how do we categorize that as a solution offering? Now let's define the capabilities. Let's define in very specific customer-centric language, granular. Let's define the technical results we expect to achieve. And that, let's go one step further. This is somewhat unique. If, if I'm a customer, and I want to evaluate the ability of, for this solution to deliver on the results that are being communicated. What are those evaluation focus areas? And it, be, it becomes like this indexing and this categorization. I think of it like a single source of truth of like an evaluation scope. It be, that one evaluation scope, if we do it right, you know, where we say like deploy flexible man architecture that involves a different focus areas like controller build, site onboarding, service side routing, IPv6, and then maybe there are a whole bunch of other things that fall into that. Maybe it's L2 switching handoffs, L3 switching handoffs within the campus, but it has a, a, a maybe it's IPsec connectivity, but it has a bunch of these types of focus areas. Then we, we start getting really clear in terms of like, well, these are all of the considerations and that they might not be all applicable to every customer, but we have a menu now. We know what, what's, what we believe is possible. We know what the result to expect and we know where we need to focus. And guess what? Now I need, I need something as a delivery engineer to help me do the things that are contained within those focus areas, like the design and deployment specifically. Let me, let me So stop. it's almost like a, it's almost like an interactive CVD, but adding in individual use cases and, um, you know, information based on, you know, every one of those use cases that's discovered. I think you're making a great point. Yeah, you have all these Lego pieces and you have some some example on the front of the box that we believe is a great example and it's a very relevant example to the majority of the customers, but we know no, there's never a one size fits all. There's never a way to say that this will be applicable to everyone. So if we chunk it out into smaller pieces in terms of these focus areas, you could end up with um, use case adoption guides. You know, and the use case adoption guide, it, it involves these Lego pieces and you build it in this way. And these are the considerations and these are the learnings. These are the caveats. So you can start packaging them in smaller bite-sized pieces and use them to be able to like use the example on the front of the Lego box as, uh, uh, as a case study and, and continue to document new case studies. Every proof of value that you do with your um, customers, if you're a partner or every customer, when you do a pilot um, or every deployment that we do is a case study. It involves certain aspects of this evaluation scope and we might handle things in slightly different ways and we should document all of that. Yeah. So what this is making me think of is over the past, you know, 20 years, right? 
um, you know, my core was in networking. So we always had gold configs and ideas and standards around, you know, this is how we want to do BGP, but this is like, okay, this is where we're going to do BGP interfacing with this other protocol. And these are what we're going to implement. Um, I know people can't see it, but some of the stuff that you showed us, I really like the fact that it was kind of the plug and play aspect of like, here's like a traditional CBD style. But what we're really doing is we're saying like, here's the different Lego pieces. Like maybe you want to use a, a yellow Lego piece instead of a green, right? Something like that I thought was super awesome. Um, I know we're talking about a lot of Legos here. This isn't a Lego podcast, but um, what <laughs> it what should <laughs> be. But what I'm curious about with what you were saying um, is it sounds to me like there's been a lot of feedback internally to Cisco um, that said, hey, CBDs are great, but there's there's gaps. We've got customers that are looking at the CBD and yeah, this may have been their framework, but they've gone out and done five, six, seven, ten different variants of this because of another specific thing that they needed to do that wasn't in the CBD itself, right? So I'm curious, what kind of gaps do you feel are already, you know, inherent in the Cisco validated process and how are y'all planning to address those and like what's top of mind for you? Oh, I love it, Paul. You're spot on. Yeah, there, there's no doubt there's tremendous value in Cisco validated designs as a, as, a, as a document, as a deliverable. And you're spot on again where, you know, customer you know, customers and, and partners that are doing deployments are going to go left and right from that. But we're not documenting it. You know, that's the biggest challenge is that there's all this tribal knowledge that occurs based on experiences that we have. And we're not documenting any of that. And we try to provide that in different ways as, as feedback to be able to enhance like these different um, documentation deliverables. But is written documentation the, the only kind of deliverable that makes sense? Is it the best kind of deliverable? What if I had a, what if I, what if in addition to having some documentation that shows you different ways to adopt the use case, you know, implement these capabilities and, you know, different considerations that, that you need to think through like in terms of design and caveats. What if in addition to that, I also had a video walkthrough of that uh, along with some, some mentoring, some coaching advice, you know, like when I'm doing this, I'm thinking about these five things. It's not just step-by-step. Step. And what if in addition to that, I had uh, a flash-based emulation walkthrough that you could experience it, you know, in a safe environment. Like you don't have to build a sandbox to do that. Like you can walk through and get comfortable with the steps. And all of that stuff was one package and it wasn't just one document. Uh, and then, I mean, I'm, I can dream and I won't get into like, the, unless you guys really want to know like the five years from now, what it might look like. But right now what we're seeing is that when we create a, uh, an indexing and a categorization using an evaluation scope, and we continue to learn through experiences in terms of our partnership with our partners and our, you know, delivery teams inside company, inside of Cisco and outside of Cisco. And we work with customers, we can continue to enhance scope and then we can continue to ask questions on do I have case studies that support, um, you know, a showing like they act as evidence and they provide learnings for us in terms of the deployment of these focus areas? The more I have, the better, because there are point in time software changes, especially as we move things to the cloud, like you never know um, what software you're on. So, you know, I have an iPhone in my pocket. OK, that iPhone has several apps on it. Each app has a. A, a, a set of capabilities that it provides that are somewhat connected, like banking app, texting app, video app, so on. Well, I expect all of those apps to work on my platform 
the, the iPhone at the same time on the same version of code. I want to know what the experience is. And as I introduce a new app, I want to make sure none of the other apps break. So we need to continue to experience more and document those experiences and eventually share those experiences, not just inside the company so people can develop more demos for you and proof of values, or you can develop them more easily if you're using them within your organization or better training or better documentation, but so we can eventually have a community for engineers that's 100% around these case, revolving around these case studies and, and and it's basically a community that's set up for designing and deploying for impact. Now, we start getting to a whole nother level. It's providing a focus that doesn't exist, essentially. I think there were some more questions, I see. Yeah, so, so, I mean, everybody who's deployed technology, it's not just Cisco, recalls the first time they did something, right? Especially when it's newer technology, when Viptela showed up, when Firepower showed up, right? And sort of as a VAR, the mantra has been, how can we not totally lose our shorts on the first one, right? Where we know we're going to be over hours by 8,000%, where we know it's going to, you know, we're going to have to call and log 18 TAC cases to figure out, you know, where the documentation doesn't pick up, right? I mean, and that's, that's not complaining. That's just like technology. And that's why we're in business, right? If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But my question is, and, and to your point about like, you know, and I think this is an important reason on why people want to partner with Cisco. If, if Cisco recognizes that's a problem, where does Cisco see this, what does Cisco see this turning into in five years so that, that, you know, like, like maybe walk us through, you know, some new technology comes out in, in five years that nobody's ever seen, right? Cisco's, Cisco's at the forefront. How does the Cisco validated enable partners and customers then? Like what, what's the vision? Yeah, I love it. I love it, Liam. So let's just walk through an example. So like, uh, so everybody's scrambling to go to market. Like I can even use the Viptela acquisition. So I, I ran a worldwide EN sales at the time on the engineering side. So I was accountable for all of that. Um, and, and so I knew about the acquisition, um, you know, prior to it being, you know, like we knew about the acquisition prior to we were preparing, I was preparing for, like, we have to enable the field, you know, and what does that really mean? Because that's a very broad, vague term. So I'm just going to work you through a real example, okay? So these practices that I'm doing now inside of us, the Cisco validated framework, they've been incubated and proven. It's not something new. It's been incubated and proven over the last five years. It just so happens that now there's been an executive decision at the highest levels in the company to say, we need this, we have to have it, and let's build a function inside of uh, the business unit to be able to to execute on this. It's a formal, fu formal function, formal framework. But So I can walk you through. So when that happened and this acquisition was happening, we said, we need to enable the field. Let's be more specific. Past the default gateway of messaging, because that messaging is already done. Like there's a whole engineering life cycle where the engineering teams inside of partners and inside of Cisco need to work with the engineering teams at the customer to be able to like allow the customer to learn, experience, and validate. I'm going to throw those three things out there. Customers definitely want to learn about what it is. They need to get granular level of detail. Like they need evidence, they need to experience it, and they need, they need this evidence, they want to validate it through proof of values, pilots, and other things. Maybe they experience it through demos. So we started thinking, I need to enable the field. Well, what does that mean? It means I need to enable sales engineering that are really acting as consultants and architects, and I need to enable post-sales delivery. Well, where does it start? It starts with a framework. It starts with a framework where you're defining the capabilities. So that's exactly what we did. We started going through and mapping out every single capability and all of these different focus areas of capabilities. We then asked the question, do I have adequate documentation that would help somebody to 
communicate you know, the design considerations associated with deploying these capabilities? Do I have the documentation associated with the implementation and the how-to of how to implement these capabilities? Do I have the demo capabilities that map back to these capability focus areas? Like, do I have those built out? Are they available? Like, are you talking about something as like specific as dCloud? Like being able to go yeah. do partner enablement off of dCloud? Absolutely. So all of those things like, uh, and then post-sales training, Cisco Learning Network. Uh, if you look at some of the training that's been published for SD-WAN and uh, SDA and, and those kinds of things from way back when, like the older training, that's all innovation that came out of this framework before it was an official framework, a golden ticket for the partners in terms of enabling the, the, them to deploy very specific use cases as part of a software-defined access and DNA center and assurance. All of that comes out of this framework, all incubation. So when Cisco says, you know, we're on a journey, we've been doing this so long, so it's not something really new. I think what it's gonna happen though is we gotta get better at doing this earlier on. It's not just about an acquisition, like during our offer creation process and our development process, we got to do this early on. There's this piece we're adding that's very unique. I'm going to share it with you. I think we could talk about it. We do amazing validation today in the company. You can't, obviously you can't validate every permutation of every single type of deployment with every product because you got to get something out the door. But we do, a, we do a, a fabulous job at that. But we can do better. And when I say that, what I mean by that is, it's not just about testing whether the functionality exists and it works. Like, can I turn on the lighter that I have in my hand? And I don't have one in my hand. I'm just making it up, right? But I have a lighter in my hand. Can I turn it on? How many times does it turn on? Does it turn on four out of five times? Does it turn on every, you know, all five times? If it doesn't turn on all five times, why doesn't it? Let's figure this out. That's a functionality question. Then people say, well, we really need to validate like adoption. Like, but what does that really mean? It means that we need to evaluate it's not just validate a solution offering and its capabilities. We need to evaluate the solution in a different way. Evaluation versus validation. Evaluation meaning, evaluation meaning I'm going to look at uh, the capabilities of a solution and I'm, I'm going to say, does it provide the ease of configuration that I require? Does it provide the monitoring capability I require? Does it provide me the troubleshooting capabilities I, I, I require? Does it provide adaptability needed? Does it provide the uh, flexibility in terms of the granularity of configuration? Does it provide the resiliency, scalability, you name it? Does it have these things? These are very subjective. Well, how do we do that if, if we leave that to an organization only accountable for validation? We, we can't right now when we go to um, when we go to market uh, traditionally and you do your first delivery for your customer or we do early field trials or, or we do a pilot or a proof of value. Essentially, our customers are evaluating with this criteria in mind. Well, what if and this is what we've proven and now we're doing. What if instead of doing it for the first time with a customer, we actually set up a peer evaluation in the company? Meaning we deliver an in proof of value experience inside the company to a group of engineers that are not inside of development across delivery teams and, and sales engineering teams. And we have them rate each one of those evaluation focus areas using customer centric criteria. And they score it the ease of configuration, they score the troubleshooting, they score the adaptability, they score whatever is applicable and they re anything else that's not applicable NA, 
you don't just get scoring, but you ask them to go a step deeper. What enhancement requests do you have? What did you learn from this? Were there any limitations that you saw? Um, what document was the documentation that supported this complete? And what do we end up with is a whole bunch of useful output that can be provided just in time to make your job easier. So when you explain the first time that you go and take something to market and you're spending all this time, that time gets cut way down because all that documentation and all the value delivery that associated with like what comes out of those outputs is all provided to you just in time. It changes your world. Hopefully that changes your world. It flips it and it makes it so much easier for you to go to market with something new. That's what we have to have in, in five years. That has to be in our DNA. So, so I want to piggyback on that from the, the, the whole spiel we just went through, right? Um, something that was coming to mind was really the concept that kind of became pervasive around DevNet, right? A lot of what I'm hearing, and especially in today's conversation, and it may, you know, obviously it, this may be a little bit further out, but it makes me wonder, are we trying to get to the scenario where it's a more closed loop system and it's a much more involved like Cisco communities standpoint, which I've used Cisco community for a long time, but let's be real here. It's, it's, it's an older blog platform. I'm not really using it very much anymore. There's a lot of things I want to do that I can't do on the platform easily. Whereas I'm listening to this CV conversation and talking about these designs, these scenarios, all these individual Lego blocks, right? Sharing as a partner or as a customer with Cisco, this is what we've done having it proliferate out across the masses is very akin to me, at least with how Cisco already approaches the DevNet conversation, right? Um, there's the big repository there. They do a cyclical relationship with customers and partners. Um, is that even at a high level, is that kind of like what you envision this ultimately being this kind of reciprocal relationship? Uh, yes. And, and more, let me explain. This is the, this is the catalyst for everything and anything. I, I'm going to explain more. Um, that, so, that seems broad. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to explain. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to lay. I'm going to lay it on. I'm going to lay it Not on. Not grandiose in any way or shape. I'm going to. I'm going to lay it on. The number. There are a whole bunch of really amazing things that are happening in terms of innovation and incubation. We got to take that and use it. We can't. We don't want to re. We want to take what works and we want to apply it in different ways. When we apply something in a different way, it's, it leads to new innovation. Communities like DevNet, the way it's, they've done it with their sandboxes and their communities and their learnings, and it's incredible. We have to replicate that. Now, if you go across these different community sites today, it's not a connected experience. Because a lot of times what's happening is it's focusing on independent products, individual products. That becomes a source of truth. A product becomes a source of truth. It's always been a source of truth, but the product isn't the source of truth, really. It shouldn't be. It's, it's not, it's, it doesn't tell me anything. It's, it doesn't give enough information. So what happens is we have a lot of great innovation that's happening in these different silos. And we have amazing examples of communities. We have ex amazing examples of post-sales training. We have amazing examples of demos. We have amazing examples of pre-sales engineering training. We have amazing examples of all kinds of things, but they're not connected. 
and they're not they don't they don't have a connection point they don't have a framing they don't have a, an indexing a categorization that makes sense outside of a product and a product is too vague so you know when we think about these products that we we offer and, and cisco's got the breadth of the portfolio and we're, we're going to market with solutions again interoperability and quality being top, top of mind as part of our innovation promise we got to do a better job at getting to the clarity if we unlock the clarity and this is what I said, this is at the heart of everything. Every single time we want to do something amazing and, and link the experience for our engineering communities out there, everything comes back to a yeah, but statement. But yeah, but what are we really talking about? Yeah, but, but like, what is it really? Yeah, but if we provide the yellow brick road for that and we provide all of the tribal knowledge documented to all of the teams, because there are multiple teams developing these different things, whether they're communities or demos or training for this group or that group. These are all different teams that are developing those things. They're doing it based on best guess, based on a product level uh, understanding, like, and they try to dive deeper. But we are now saying, we're going to provide you the foundation like of all of the technical solution clarity in form of capabilities, tech, associated technical results, and evaluation scope. And that becomes your yellow brick road. Go to town all day long. Get me every single case study example that you can for how you've done this uh, for this evaluation focus area. Build me as many demo examples as you can of different types of de deployments that are re relevant for this type of uh, focus area. You see where this is going is you've created a foundation that has never existed. So you're providing clarity that's never been there. So nobody has to guess. And when they say, and the number one question we need to ask then is, if you're on the hook to develop something for the engineers, like you're on the hook to develop this demo, whether it's in dCloud or it's a sandbox on DevNet, or whether it, you're, you're accountable for um, writing some kind of a implementation guide. The number one question I need to ask the individuals that are responsible for that are, is, is one question. Do you have everything you need to be successful in doing that right now? Do you, have all, do you have all the information you need? Are you stuck in any way? And the number one thing we're gonna hear is, yeah, I, I'm not sure how this works with that. I'm not sure if this is right. I need to talk to the expert. Now, what's the once you get an example of, you know, you've documented expertise, what's the best ex way to propagate that, share that, make that go viral? You got to create communities. So I think you're leading totally into like, the future of I can totally see a design for deploy design and deploy for impact community. I can totally see everything for the technical folks, at least um, linking back to this evaluation scope like that becomes the source of truth. And you'll see that across and all of a sudden you have a connected experience and, and you know exactly and it's relevant to you because you don't think in terms of trust sec or a product. You think in terms of I got to deploy a flexible WAN architecture and I need to be able to configure these types of things and I need to be able to get these kinds of technical results and then sure I, I need to support those business outcomes and i need to validate that i did that but i got to get into the weeds help me so the way that it looks in my mind's eye is it, to your point it's a it's an online community you know similar to uh you know kind of the devnet create and all of those groups right but um I imagine it's going to be a heavily moderated space that uh, people like yourself, Andre, and, and some of the other creators are going to assist taking all of the feedback that they're getting either from customers or from partners that are doing these deployments and, and finding uh, potential gaps in where a traditional CVD would give them the, the directions to, to complete an install. 
um, maybe to you know some of the other integrations. So you know, say we're deploying Intersight and we want to integrate it into ServiceNow or something along those lines, right? Um, we take that feedback uh, in a templatized kind of way, grade how the product you know does this. You know, is it a five or is it a four? Is it you know that kind of thing? Um, and then basically submits that as a as a submission for uh, to be to be viewed by a broader audience, right? Um, to me, the value to that is, is twofold. A, other customers and other uh, partners with Cisco can see that and say, hey, actually, this is the exact use case I'm trying to do. Thanks for calling it out. This is how it was done. And then B, um, within the development of BU of Cisco can see, hey, this part of our product, their rating as a one out of five. Like it's it's not great. How can we improve that? Um, you know, customer experience with this product going forward, so that we can bring everything to fives across the board. Is that is that accurate? Dan, man, you're hitting it. So you remember I touched on that evaluation versus validation. So I set up like you go out and you do a proof of value delivery for your customer. You say, hey, I, I let's go back to the SD WAN example that uh, you know Liam was talking about, like. I acquired Viptela, going to market, you know, and now I'm saying, hey, we need to, we're going to integrate this with Umbrella, and hey, a thousand eyes can provide you greater observability capabilities, and let's let's focus on these specific focus areas, and you go and deliver a proof of value for your customer, and they're evaluating this thing. We're not typically when they're evaluating it, we're not typically giving, we're not typically handing them like smart sheet scoring forms and having them fill out feedback and then telling us like rate this uh, on a you know ease of configuration, monitoring, troubleshooting, like here's criteria, go and rate it this way. And, oh, tell me what your enhancement requests are. And did you see a limitation and document that for me? We're typically not doing that. A lot of times we're experimenting sometimes because of their unique requirements. We're experimenting. We're not sure, you know, we're in front of the customer, we're prepping the environment. We're doing the best we can to get the runs going before we go in front of them. But maybe we haven't evaluated it ourselves or validated it ourselves. So we're doing it for the first time with them. And we're and every customer for, use case is is different too. I mean, uh, what is it? Every every good plan never survives contact with the enemy. I mean, not not to frame it as enemies, but uh, that's kind of the way it works. Is as we're deploying a solution, we'll always find a unique use case per customer deployment that we're doing, just because they do things differently. So whether it be correct. you know like an ACI deployment, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we don't want to do L three outs because we have this compliance reason or something like that. And you're like. Whoa, how we would never design around that. Um, so this is kind of like a nice sounding board to figure out those per customer use cases and how to how to circumvent them. Yeah, so what we do on the evaluation, when we deliver that internal POV, we actually go through that process of like the smart forms where they actually rate it like per those criteria that we mentioned. They rate it. Uh, we collect all that feedback. Actually, we record the entire internal proof of value delivery. So if it takes, you know, two days to build controllers, which I don't think it does, right? But let's just assume it's like 20 hours. We have 20 hours of recording around that. Um, and in addition to that, we have all the scoring uh, uh, captured. And we have conversations around the scoring. Why did you score it the way you did? Let's talk about it. Oh, that's captured. We publish all of those notes inside the company and we give them to the development teams. They can also search transcripts inside of WebEx. So a lot of times it's like when you're explaining something to so something to someone, they're like, I think I got it, but I'm not 100% sure. What do you really mean by that? Let me show you. We can replay the recordings. So you can you can literally have the development organization sitting next to you and you can show them exactly what's happening and why it got rated the way that they did. Explain it to them so they see it firsthand. And then you can say, look, it got a one out of a five because 
of this one little thing, it could be as simple as these two configuration tests are happening in two separate places and it's not intuitive how you go from here to here. That's why it got a, a one on ease of configuration. If you literally made a change in the GUI to put a, a next here and a next here or you, you know, made it simple to navigate, you based on the enhancement request, man, you could get to a five. That might be very easy for them to do. And they're like, I, I want a five. So you're providing incentive and you're providing clarity. So it's, it's a way to provide clarity like we've never been able to provide clarity before. And then you can set expectations that are um, realistic, like to uh, it's realistic to actually deliver on it. How many times have you asked someone for something? Think about a scenario where you've asked somebody for something. Forget even about technology for a minute. And you've gone, I want this and I want it this way. And I, I, this, you try to explain to them, they're like, I think I got it. But then when they give you what it is that you asked for, it's like, that's not exactly what I wanted. <laughs> it's not exactly what I expected. Like some of the NFL Hall of Fame busts, right? <laughs> I mean, so yes, you're spot on. That's, uh, and that information can be shared. Uh, you know, it's confidential, obviously, in the company. It, it's used to feed the development of different types of value, uh, value tools, right? Whether those are proof of value guides or blueprints for proof of values or proof of concepts or implementation guides or, but you know, there's a, that, that thing that we're doing right now as part of our journey, we've been doing this in the past before it was a formal function, uh, that the next phase of this probably is we develop that we develop documentation like Cisco validated designs or maybe adoption guides. And we actually have partners evaluating those guides and we give them sandboxes to use. And they say, does this guide complete? Does it provide you everything you need? Does it list the caveats you require? Does it, there's so much we can be doing if we have, if we start with the, the foundational elements, which we're, we try to, we tend to skip over those. You got to have a framework. You need the foundational elements in place and you can do, that's what I'm saying. You can do so much because you've set the foundation. So, so to that point, um, right, you, you shared with us um previously some information around like the multi-stage process right and without necessarily you know getting into all the intricacies of it um you know we discussed kind of like what's the time frame evolution around you know beginning to publishing and then the multi-stage publishing um as someone who has witnessed uh you know in the past you know cvds themselves sometimes coming out so far after the fact that it's not very helpful um you know in your new position um, as leading the Cisco validated team, how, how are you going to help ensure that the time frame is more apt to assist the field, but also what's kind of like, you know, what's that bar y'all are trying to get to, and we're not going to hold you to it if you, if you ever miss it. Right. But like, what's the bar that you would love to see going forward from, you know, beginning to deliverable to have things actionable. Thanks for the question, uh, Paul. So <clears throat> Essentially, let me give you some background here, and then I'm going to answer your question. Cisco validated designs are developed by different um, engineers that exist within different groups inside the company. So there is no one. Um, sometimes people think, is that one team in Cisco? Is there like this really big team of Cisco validated design, engine, uh, design engineers that develop these things? No. You have a different, a lot of times there are technical marketing engineers that are working as part of the BE that, that live in a certain BE uh, or BG, when I say that, like the development organization, they might live in security or they might live in enterprise networking and they have a, a team of engineers and a certain percentage of those engineers, one of their responsibilities is develop good documentation. And Cisco Validated Designs is a standard. So a lot of times these teams are developing towards that standard, but that's not all they're doing. Like if you go to YouTube right now and you look at some of the latest um, SD-WAN videos that have been published, uh, shorter, 
they're basically taking out taking what they would initially have included as part of a Cisco value design and they're putting it into these videos. So all these teams are trying to do essentially, if you think about it, is they're trying to create you value to create create value for you, the engineering community, something that you can use to better enable you. Now, that being said, I don't control this large team, but if we go through the framework in the way that I'm describing it, where we first step define the evaluation scope, now we have clarity, everybody knows exactly what we need documentation for. Then I can do a vetting process to say what documentation is a stage two, what documentation exists that supports these focus areas, like controller build, do we have documentation on that, where is it? Today, I might get pointed to five different documents. People have done great work. Like you have teams that are trying to get you just in time assets, you know, but they're hard to find. Like I, I might get pointed to a documentation on Cisco.com. I might get pointed to a Cisco validated design. I, get, I might get pointed to a YouTube video. I might get pointed to a Cisco live presentation. I might get pointed to this expert that's developing something right now inside the company, wherever they sit, whether it's in CX or sales or in the beat or in the development org. You see what's happening is I have all of this documentation that's somewhat tied to this focus area. It supports it. Maybe some of it's 90% there. Maybe it's 100% there. But who knows about it? Where is it? So my, my, my next step in, a, in the stage of the framework is essentially that I need to identify what documentation exists and where there are gaps and whether it's a clean fit. A lot of times what we find is that we don't have the documentation that we need that's 100% aligned that, you know, uh, in the format that we need it. Like, and I don't care about packaging right now for training or for communities, or I don't care about packaging. I care about providing the right kind of output to whatever team is gonna develop something so they have no hurdles and no roadblocks. So if they wanna build a demo or they wanna build the training document for pre-sales or post-sales, they can do that. So my next step is to put a blueprint together, like identify the gaps and structure a blueprint. We need configuration guides that will go through these how-to examples document these types of constraints, document these kinds of learnings, these kinds of considerations, this kind of implementation steps. We need this kind of guidance. We put a blueprint. The easiest way for us to do and capture that is to actually do it real time. What do I mean by that? Well, if, I, if I'm going to go through the process of delivering a proof of value to a group of stakeholders that are considered to be the customer peer group, okay, and they're evaluating the solution based on customer-centric criteria. And I'm recording all of those sessions. And I know exact, and I have an idea already of, I've already met with my tribal knowledge experts and I already have documented raw configuration steps. I should be able to capture that entire experience in the form of video, because I already have it. I can draft them into guides. I can hand them to multiple teams. So the end result then, what does it become? Paul, it becomes that I'm publishing all of those documents to whoever needs them just in time, but I'm also developing the guides that are published externally for, you know, they're packaged better. They're packaged more friendly manner, okay? Maybe as a set with the demo, with the guide, with, you know, it's like the demo walkthrough flash, with the guide, with the video walkthrough, with the group study program that follows that, with the, you know, sessions on Cisco Learning Network. So... The goal is for those, those deliverables, not just a guide, but them to be uh, coming more frequently, more often, and, 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 and in an accelerated fashion. So, you know, as you're saying, I need this, it's coming. It's not like today, I need this. Oh my, let's get together. How are we going to figure out, like, how do we get that? Who's going to do it? Like, do we know what they are actually asking for? What do they really need? Like, 
I mean, people care in the company. I mean, they care. And you got multiple people trying to work together to give you what you need. They care and they want to do it. And they're working hard and they're extremely talented. And then sometimes you have one person that knows most of what needs to be communicated. They're overwhelmed. They've got 15 different people coming at them asking for help to do something. Because you guys need it. But we're, we're yeah, and I'm looking. Yeah. Go well, I was gonna say I'm 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 really looking forward to where this has a potential to go, um, because as new product rollouts occur, as you know, enhancements to existing products continue out there from a technology side, um, just as simply not even as a partner, just as someone who's a technology enthusiast, um, I'm looking forward to net new rollouts coming almost not necessarily with a playbook on how to do everything, but significantly better public adoption and roadmap for everyone that has been baked into kind of like the rollout cycle. That's, that's where I see this going. And I, I'm very excited for that possibility, um, especially tying in partners and customers into the loop further um, more so than uh, what could potentially be the traditional style of, you know, some early adopters only. Right. Totally. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And um tiny plug for Cisco champions. That's one of the reasons uh, anyone listening, you should apply if you want to be there because we get access to some of the pre-launch stuff like that and we get to demo and test and that kind of stuff and providing feedback to Cisco is invaluable from my side. And it's nice to know that they're soliciting and they're asking, right? Sometimes you just want to know that people care. So I mean, Paul, where do you think we're to put another plug on that Cisco champions? Where do you think we're going to go next when we create the value deliverable? Like we're getting ready to do another run of an internal uh, evaluation of uh, secure SD-WAN SASE, the Viptela variety. Again, that's inclusive of uh, secure SD. You know, it's inclusive of Viptela SD-WAN. It's inclusive of Umbrella. It's inclusive of Duo, AnyConnect and thousand eyes and we're getting ready to do that run and we have all that scoring that's going to be happening and all that feedback coming in uh we're going to do that again we're going to provide all the outputs i mean it's extremely comprehensive outputs that come out of that and we're tracking the creation of multiple value value what i'll call value deliverables like a post sales training or these demo walkthroughs or these things which we're tracking different projects based on that well who do you think is going to be the first group that we put those deliverables in front of to basically vet them out to say does this does this help you does this give you what you need like because we're incubating and we're going to take that feedback and that's going to go through an evaluation process. Well, it's going to be Cisco champions. Okay. I like it. Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another great episode of Cisco champion radio. Uh, before we sign off, of course, I have to give you your weekly reminder. You can subscribe to Cisco champion radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So what are you waiting for? Make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you next week.